Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to eight, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. And you can find that on Amazon or at DorendaWilson.com. I'm also the author of The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find that book at DorendaWilson.com or any of your favorite booksellers. Well, welcome. I'm really thankful that you're here today. I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about a topic um, that is near and dear to my heart, and that is um, really, I'm giving it the title, A Call Home. But you know me, I could change the title. Who knows? I guess that's my prerogative, right? Since it's my podcast. (laughs) But the essence of this um, episode is really just to talk about the importance of our calling at home as uh, believing parents. And today I have a special guest with me. Um, Wesley is a local pastor, husband, and father of four. Our family happens to attend the church that he pastors, and we have personally grown leaps and bounds under his teaching. He's also done another podcast with me in late 2020 called Applying Romans 13 to the Here and Now. Um, That was back when so many churches had their doors closed, and many were basing that on Romans 13. I got so many great responses to that podcast as well. Um, And um, that one, in addition to Another one that I uh, actually included one of your sermons in, um, it was a Sunday morning sermon called The Importance of Biblical Education. And I'm going to include both of those links in the show notes. So if you all want to go and listen to those, I really highly recommend it. I think you'll love them. All right. So I invited Wes on uh, to talk with us about the power of engaging fully in our call to home and why it's essential, not in spite of all that's going on around us, but for that very reason. We're seeing families bringing their children home to educate them. And can I just be honest about this? It is about time. (laughs) I've been feeling this way for a long time, and it's just been, I don't like the circumstances that it had to happen under, but boy, it's been a joy to see families engaging with their kids like this. And um, and just, they they did it partly because, (laughs) reluctantly, obviously, but feeling like it was the best thing for their kids. And I've gotten so many moms saying, I had no idea I was going to love this so much. I love being with my kids. You know, obviously we all have hard days. And so if you're listening and you're one of those parents, don't, don't worry. It, it, we all go through it. Um, as homeschoolers, that's just the ebb and flow of homeschooling. So I think once we just sort of get a grip and, and embrace that, it, it's so much better. We're so much better off. But There's been a rapid revealing of our culture's need for Christ and the church's need to be purified and to advance the kingdom. One of the most powerful ways that will happen is when God's people yield to his good plan for marriage and family. So um, I know that for me, often when we envision what it looks like to advance the kingdom, we sort of can have this sort of romantic, idealistic, warrior, victorious, glorious process when in fact it's not. At least it's not in the way that we think. Um, so let's talk about that. I'm just going to actually just sort of like hand the microphone over to Wes and uh, let him run with this. But we want to talk about why the call to home is um, essential for every believing parent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, it's been interesting in pastoral ministry. I'm at 
uh, I think, 11 years now in full-time pastoral mm-hmm. ministry. And it's been striking to me how frequently I find myself having to make the case for the importance of centralizing the household. Right, right. Um, it, it seemed to me just in God's kindness, the way that I grew up, the way that I was raised, the, the primacy of the household was apparent to me because right. I was raised that way. Right. So I took right. some things for granted Right. Um, that then entering into pastoral ministry, I realized, oh, I can't assume yes. that everybody's got this same like orientation of right. how important family is. You know, my mom was, uh, you know, stay at home, homeschool right. mom. And so that was just, that was my normal. Uh, and so then when I'd be doing marital counseling or premarital counseling and talking with couples about, uh, so yeah, where do you see yourself headed? What's the future look like? What you think about kids? What you think about education? You know, get, right. get on the, right. oops, sorry, uh, drop my phone, get on the same page about those sorts of things. Uh, it was, it was interesting to me that I was picking up the operational assumption for most young couples was our careers are the most important thing that we can do. Right. Um, building a solid financial portfolio is at the top of our priority. Um, or, you know, we want to make sure that we have the opportunity to travel the way that we want to and have, you know, uh, our freedom for five to eight years before right. we do, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm listening to you and like, this sounds just like someone in the world. Uh, right. And it, to me, it's like, shouldn't there be a difference? And I think right. this is this is kind of what we about today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and so that was something that was striking to me early on in pastoral right. ministry, because it, for me, it was just a given that a biblical worldview comes with it as a package deal, the primacy mm-hmm. of the family unit in God's design. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, in fact, the operating assumption right. or worldview of most, even who right. call themselves right. Christians. Now, I was raised the same way. And so was my husband. And so we just sort of naturally just went into the next, you know, as we had kids, as we got married, that was just natural for us to do things the way that we had been taught. Um, Obviously, there's always more to learn and, you know, more to embrace that maybe your parents didn't or whatever. Um, And now we see our kids doing the same thing. It was interesting, though, because one of our sons who um, he's not married yet, but he's kind of been he's been more around the world than the rest of us and kind of like out there more than us. And he's, he's a software engineer. So he's had lots of different jobs, been exposed to a lot of different people. And just recently he said to me, mom, I'm just realizing how, how many families, like most families are so messed up is what he told me. I was like, really? You're just, just now realizing this. (laughs) But it was just, you know, because he grew up with it, that was normal to him. And he's, and he's, he's finally like, like make, connecting these dots and going, okay, this is not actually normal. I said, right. no, it's not because right. it's that relationship with God and that, you know, being word centered and following his ways mm-hmm. over the world's ways that makes all the difference. Yep. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So my starting point when I'm talking with couples and realize, oh, I'm going to need to convince them of something mm-hmm. that I thought was a given, Right. where am I going to start right. in convincing them of something? Uh, and so generally, I'll just pose the question, name something to me that's more important on this earth than family. Ooh. Ooh. Just tell me what it is. Uh, it, if we're talking about careers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Name me an industry that produces something that's more important than what the institution of the family produces. Wow. 
give me something. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's always silence. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Correct. Because the family produces people, mm-hmm. image bearers of God that mm-hmm. they then shape and bring up to maturity and then thrust on the world. Right. For good or for ill. Right. That is what the family right. does. So name something, an institution, a career path, a means of production that is more important than what the family unit does and produces. Wow. That alone you could chew on for a really long Absolutely. time. Yep. That's amazing. Absolutely. And so once you can, uh, that just as a paradigm shifting question, Right. what else would we be giving our lives away to? Mm-hmm. Because in fact, every other pursuit that exists in any civilization really only exists to serve what the family produces, right? Right. Everything else is oriented around serving the needs of people, which get produced by families. <laughs> so it's absolutely primary. And, and you know this, like one of the lies, obviously, that the world tells us, particularly that the world tells women, is that the most important thing you can do is escape the shackles right. of the household right. and go and do something, you know, that's really meaningful. Like, uh, I don't know, work for a, a company and clock in nine to five. Right. Because, that sounds like fun. Right. <laughs> that's, well, that's way more important. And, you know, now it's interesting, too. Um, I, I've noticed that, and this has a lot to do with uh, just the, the messaging that our culture has that's always trying to undermine the truths of Scripture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it used to be that uh, commercials would generally show uh, what we would probably call traditional gender roles. Right. Like commercials right. just oriented right. themselves around that because we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and so that was reflected in our culture, right. even down to our marketing. And so it used to be that, yeah, if you've got a, an Orkin commercial or a pest control commercial, right. commercial whatever, you're, you're going to see a guy spraying pesticide as the commercial is running, you know, right. outside people's houses, killing bugs or whatever. Well, interestingly, this is probably like three months ago, uh, one of those commercials came on and my 11-year-old sees the commercial and it's, it's a woman. Who's out there, you know, because they're trying to send the message. Sure. Yeah. It'd be, yeah, that's a great thing for a woman to aspire to. You could be killing bugs at people's house. Right. You know? And so <laughs> I, I muted the TV and I said, Ava, that's my oldest daughter's name. I said, Ava, I want you to know what they're trying to convince you of right now. They're trying to convince you that there's a better use of your time than being a wife and a mother. Mm -hmm. They're trying to convince you that killing cockroaches at somebody else's house is more important than you shaping the souls of the people who live in your house. Mm. That's a lie. Mm. That is a lie. But all of the messaging is trying to tell parents, is trying to tell people in general that there's something more important than what's happening in the the walls of your house. And I want to say, I can disprove that with a single question. Name something more important than the family. Mm. Name something more important than what the family produces. You can't answer the question, you know, because there isn't right. anything. Right, right. Uh, and so that's just as a starting point. Now we can move to sort of some biblical foundations for that and maybe tease out uh, what is it about the family that is of particular or unique importance. Mm-hmm. So... Um, in Scripture, one of the places that I think we see this really is on the first page. Genesis 1, uh, I'll read beginning in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing 
that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so the, the very first thing that we see about humans is that they're made in the image of God. And, it, and it, it goes down to the level of detail of male and female, he created them. Which is to say, masculinity by itself is insufficient to encapsulate the image of God. Mm. Femininity by itself is insufficient to encapsulate the image of God. You need the two coming together, functioning as a household Mm -hmm. before you're really displaying the image of God in the way that he wants. Mm -hmm. And so this is foundational. One of the ways that I've said it is uh, that marriage, masculinity, femininity, child rearing, that whole constellation Mm -hmm. of concerns that we're talking about, uh, that's the sacrament of creation. Uh, What I mean by that is that it's a physical picture. It's a tangible thing that actually right. gives us spiritual truths about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even revelatory. Like God's saying that in masculine interactions with the feminine, you're seeing something of the image of God in those interactions. Wow. It's that yeah. important that on page one of scripture, right. you're seeing this. This is how God has chosen to demonstrate himself in the creative world. That's so good because I'm thinking about how many times I've told moms not to sacrifice homeschooling on the altar um, or not to sacrifice their marriage on the altar of homeschooling Mm. because they, you know, we get so caught up in that whole role of, you know, we want to do a good job. And, but there's a point at which, you know, I can see that it becomes more about self-glory, self-glorification, you know, like I want to look good. I want my kids, you know. And that happens really quickly, way quicker yeah. than we want to admit, than I want to admit. And, um, and, and I've seen it happen. I've seen women sacrifice their marriage on the altar of homeschooling. And that's yeah. why I'm always like, listen, you need to make time with your husband. You need to be available for him. You need to save something for him each yeah. day. And I also tell them um, a great marriage, a godly marriage is one of the best gifts that you can give your kids. Yeah. More than the math facts, more Absolutely. than anything else when it comes to homeschooling, give your kids um, the example of a godly marriage. And that, to me, what, what you just described sort of gives a biblical affirmation of that because yeah. this is what they're seeing. They're seeing God, the glory of God in the, the image bearing that happens in their parents' healthy, strong marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's worth the fight. Absolutely. It's worth the time. It's worth the investment. Absolutely. And, and along those same lines, we can see that uh, positive or negative associations right. with the Christian faith mm-hmm. are tethered to the health mm-hmm. or lack of health right. in your parents' marriage, mm-hmm. right? Because our conception of who God is comes to us from our mom and our dad, mm. right? And so if that relationship, which is foundational in our kids' lives, is disoriented, off, wrong, right. unhealthy, right. then they walk away and they have off-kilter ideas about who God is. Why? Right. Because they got a distorted image. So you can't not be imaging God. You'll have to either do it well or poorly. Right. Right? But you can't not do it. And, and, you, and you'll never do it perfectly. So, Correct. like, you know, Absolutely. for the mom who might be listening and panicking... <laughs> 
<laughs> he gives more grace. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> he gives more grace. We all, it's yep. work for all of us. But yep. the point is that it's worth it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's really Absolutely. what we're trying to drive at. And I mean, if you're having struggles in your marriage, it's worth getting it figured out. Yep. You know, and, yep. and think about how your relationship, moms, with your husband, how is it reflecting? the image of God to your children. And that helps us actually decide what's healthy in our marriage as well. Like Mm -hmm. how we're treating each other, how we're talking to each other, what things we're letting, you know, maybe get swept under the carpet that we should be talking about things like that. Yeah. And to that point too, just in terms of how overwhelming a statement that may have, have felt, Mm -hmm. um, while it does come with some responsibility, we also get to remember that, uh, one of, one of Christ's attributes right. is lowliness and humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we fail to image God, that failure constitutes another opportunity to get it right by admitting it right. and lowering exactly. ourselves to that level. Yes, so it can, <laughs> right. it can all be handled, exactly. you know, as long as we're remembering um, who, we're, who we're going to. Yep. And that, yep. that being that willingness to repent, that willingness to say, hey, this ha- that happened right here or the way that I talked to your dad was not okay, yeah. you know? So, yeah, yeah that's really so, good. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think about with uh, masculinity, femininity, marriage, family, being the sacrament of creation, that these things are actually showing us something of who God is. Something else that uh, sort of supports that point uh, is you can see that in terms of how the world is attacking it. Because how's the gospel right. communicated? Mm-hmm. Well, God the Father sent his son into the world to purify a people who could be the bride of the son right. to make us children of God and bring right. us into his family. All the terms are familial terms. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, and so again, it's just to say, you can see this motif that runs through scripture that's mm-hmm. centralizing this, mm-hmm. centralizing this, mm-hmm. centralizing this. Um, I was even thinking about this the other day in terms of the Old Testament law, which uh, gets kind of a bad rap. As you know, yeah, yeah, and uh, but because there are some sanctions or penalties bound up in God's law uh, for the Israelites that seem really, really strict to us, mm-hmm. you know, like if you've got a rebellious son, and we don't have to get into all the details here, I'll just caricature them. Maybe that can be another podcast answering <laughs> all the questions about Old Testament technicality. But uh, you know, uh, people love to throw out, particularly people who are antagonistic to Scripture, love to throw out like. What about, uh, you know, having to stone the rebellious son? Like, is, are, are, like are we supposed to do that? Yeah. You know? Whatever. I did remind my kids of that every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't, right? <laughs> Just so you know, God says. <laughs> oh, but, or even uh, the sanctions for adultery. That right. also, capital mm-hmm. punishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you can see is that God is saying that the government of family is so important that you can't commit treason against it. Mm. Right. He's wow. that law is telling us how important family is mm-hmm. to God, that it's it's primary such that he assigns the same kind of penalties to treasonous actions against that government as we would expect to see for treasonous actions against the civil government. Mm. And so that's telling us again, in God's mind, like you can't do anything with that other than put it on the top shelf. Right. That's where right. it belongs. Um so those would be some other uh, just maybe stakes to put down in the ground, mm-hmm. particularly for those difficult days that mom's having. Right. It's like there is nothing more important mm-hmm. that I could do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Name something more important than stewarding the souls of image bearers of God. Right. Even on that hard day when you feel like you're failing at it, 
Right. I, I've told I've told my wife. Those days when you want to eat your young. <laughs> That's exactly right. When you've got the rock in your hand and you're looking like, can we be under the Old Testament law right now? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've I've told my wife before when she'll text me in in the middle of the battle and right. it's just like, Ugh. and she'll she'll say, I feel like I'm losing. Mm. And uh, I've told her before, I mean, like you can't lose. Sometimes you win small, right. and sometimes you win big. <laughs> but you doing it day in and day right. out is you winning. Yeah. Because there's nothing more important that you can mm. give your life away to. Love you that. won today. Yeah. You won. Um, and so these things, these stakes that we can put down just in terms of the primacy of the family, what's more important? Mm-hmm. What's more important? Can even be wind in the sails like, okay. Right. I mean, just even what you've said so far, you could, I mean, that would just, that's so motivating because Mm -hmm. it's like all of a sudden it just it prioritizes everything and it's there's a piece about it because it's god's priorities not us trying to figure it all out but just him saying no this is what's right and um and knowing that when we walk in that he's gonna bless it yep yep absolutely absolutely and I, I also think, I alluded to this earlier, but I, I do also think that the importance of the family can be measured by the intensity of the attacks against it, mm. right? And so mm-hmm. as you look at how relentlessly God's design for the family is being attacked, it's like, okay, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Satan wouldn't be working so tirelessly yeah. to dismantle it or yeah. redefine it or try to call aberrant versions of it just as good as the authentic article. And right. All of the, this onslaught of trying to change that paradigm. It's like, why is he working overtime on that? And it's because he knows the potency of it right. when it's done God's way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think even that is an indication of nothing else is more important than that. That's right. That's why he's attacking us on yep. that front all the time. Absolutely. And you see the, the attacks on children in particular. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the, the role of the parents, it, it, it's being talked about as though it's just a side dish, yep. you know, not the main dish. And this is what's gotten so many families got their hackles up, the parents. And it's been, I've, I have loved watching it. I mean, <laughs> I have loved it. Those soccer moms and those dads getting in there and just giving the school boards the what for. I'm yep. like, good for you. Now keep plowing forward. And actually, I'm like, just pull them out. <laughs> just pull them out. You know, it's, right. it's a hopeless system. For yep. I mean, it just is. Yep. And it, it, yeah. So anyway, we won't go there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's been just so cool to see parents. The thing that I has been surprising to me, I guess surprising, not surprising, is they're just now discovering what's in their libraries at the schools. Sure. Like, really? You didn't think to check on that? <laughs> you know? Right, right. So, um, yeah. but again, I'm just, I'm just thrilled that so many, so many yeah. families are bringing their kids back home and, yeah. um, and, and they're, they're, some of them are, you know, they're, it, it's a rough thing. They're floundering and they're wondering, you know, like, how do we, how do we do this? And so this is why I thought this podcast would be important for believing yeah. parents because um, that's pretty much who I speak to. And, uh, you know, those parents who, you know, just hadn't quite done that thing yet. And now they've finally done it. And now they're wondering, how do we prioritize? I think this is, this is super important to hear. Yeah. Um, Because, again, the education, the education is a side dish. I'm just going to say it. It's a side dish. Amen. You're right. (laughs) And and truthfully, I I think that this is a, a really good 
podcast topic for mm-hmm. the season that a lot mm-hmm. of people are in because what what a lot of people are looking for and you know this mm-hmm. uh they're looking for practicals right uh just tell me how to do it right like, tell me what to do on tuesday morning at 9 yes. a.m yes. please yes um but they often rush through the principles right but it's the principles that are going to get you through a series of four bad tuesdays right right it's the it's the principles that are going to keep you in it that's right because if it's just about how to's those are methods correct and and that's what i I actually want to address this in a future podcast the difference between principles and methods yeah because i i do get asked people you know basically they want to know what curriculum did you use right you know and to me that's a big huge thing They're, they're they're basically what they're saying to me is give me a plan right and I'm like, I can't do that, you know, right. and it's kind of like I would do with my kids. I'm not doing I can't do the work for you. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. Yep. However, I will give you, like you said, some stakes, mm-hmm. some solid grounding to help you make those decisions. But I cannot do it for you. It's not yep. my role. I, I, it would be prideful and egotistical of me to say that I could tell you how to homeschool your children. Sure. There is no way I could do that. And there's no way I'm going to try. Yep. But I'd be happy to walk with you along the process and encourage you. But the principles are the thing. And this is the thing about raising, about parenting, you know, raising kids, parenting, um, how we parent, how we homeschool. Many of us have the same goals that we're working sure. towards. And I would look at that like, okay, we're, we're working towards the same goals or principles, mm-hmm. you know, that we want. We want our kids to love the Lord, yep. all their heart, mind, soul, and strength as adults. That's our number one goal. But the method to how we're going to walk all that out is going to look different for my family than it is for yours. And that's, uh, there's a reason for that. I think it's because we need to, God wants us to lean into him Mm -hmm. and he wants to really work with the uniqueness of our own families. And so, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So some other things that just help with uh, this grounding of Mm -hmm. the family is primary in its importance. Uh, the call homeward is a noble, worthy calling, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, something else that, that came to mind is the developmental importance of marriage, family, child rearing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being what it does for us developmentally, particularly when it's done God's way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ephesians 5 teaches us that uh, the husband is a sanctifying agent in the life of his wife as he washes her with the water of the word. 1 Peter 3 teaches us that a wife is a sanctifying agent in the life of her husband, uh, as her obedience to God even has the power to produce his repentance. Mm-hmm. You're probably familiar with that text, mm-hmm. uh, that the husband who's not obeying the word can be one without a word as he looks at the conduct of his wife mm-hmm. as she continues faithfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of the things that that's telling us is that uh, what happens in the family has the power to push you forward into Christ-likeness. Right. That happens inside the walls of your household mm-hmm. um, more than it happens anywhere else. Um, family leadership, this is First Timothy 3, family leadership actually prepares us for every other kind of leadership. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the qualifications for church officers, mm-hmm. you know, elders, deacons, yeah. uh, one of the prerequisites is manages his own household well. Right. Because if you can't do that, what makes you think that you could run the church? Right. I want to extrapolate from that and say, or the local government right. or the national government mm-hmm. or the Walmart, right? <laughs> right? Like what, if you, if you don't have things in order here, 
because it was second place, third place, whatever. Uh, God's saying you're actually not qualified to do that well anywhere else. Mm. And I want to say that's demonstrably true. Mm. As we look around and we see all the things that are getting run into the ground, I want to say we probably could have seen the writing on the wall that we were headed where we were headed if we look into those living rooms Mm -hmm. before they ever inhabited those positions. Mm -hmm. Because God's saying that my plan is that you, you develop in the context of a healthy family. Right. And without that, your development gets stunted, stifled, stymied, mm-hmm. and it makes you less prepared for everything else that you're going to do in your life. Right. Now, of course, for the person who's listening and you maybe came from a broken home or a broken background, don't hear me saying that that's uh, irredeemable, right. um, that, the, that the spirit can't repair that, um, that God can't make up for lost time. Um, you and I have both talked about Joel chapter two before where God restores the lost years that the locust has eaten Mm -hmm. in love, that God can do that. Mm -hmm. And so, and he can do it quick and in a hurry. Yeah. Um, and so don't hear me saying that, but you could taking this seriously, taking the call home seriously, make it so that he doesn't have to do that. Right. In the lives of your children and your spouse, because you took this seriously on the front end rather than having to ask God to make up for it on the back end. Right. Uh, and so it seems to me that God's word clearly teaches that there, there are developmental things that are meant to happen inside the walls of a household that make it so that the rest of society functions as it should be. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you don't take that seriously, because you thought that the rest of society was more important than what happens in your household, you get America in 2022. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And so, again, I think these things are just demonstrable. Yeah. And and I think this is something we've we've talked about a long way. Never got to fully have the conversation. But when um, there were a lot of moms becoming incredibly active um, in what was happening. And again, I can't say yay or nay, whether they should or shouldn't have. But I do know that. our time as moms, we're responsible for that, um, to steward it well and to prioritize. And the, some of the moms that I saw were pouring copious amounts of time into this. And you know, we all only have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. So it was costing somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm going to guess it was the family. And so that was something that was kind of like, I admired their courage and their willingness to speak out. But at the same time, it was like, what is this costing your family? And so that's where we kind of had a real short conversation, but we were talking about mommy activism and how the most activist thing we can do is engage fully at home. You're right. (laughs) That's the most (laughs) activist thing that we can do. It's a long-term and it's, you got to think it with the long game in mind. But it is so much more solid and so much more, um, well, biblical, yeah. because that is really how God built his nation of Israel. Absolutely. He's telling them, be fruitful, multiply, and whatever's going on, keep getting married, keep having yep. babies, keep planting your gardens, yep. keep doing it. And I've been kind of harping on this a bit on the podcast because I, want, I wanted moms to hear that they didn't need to feel guilty yep. for just staying the course in the middle of all this mess, you know, (laughs) and that actually they were doing the thing that was going to be better in the long run. Absolutely. Yep. You're absolutely right. And it is, it is that long view. In fact, I was talking with a a guy this morning who was saying, um, I've really got a heart for, for widows and orphans, Mm. good and right thing. Mm. Biblically, Mm -hmm. James 1 27, Mm -hmm. you know, true religion is this, take care of widows and orphans. 
Um, and um, one of the things he was kind of getting at was, are there any needs like that in our church? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was like, I feel weird that I feel sad to tell you that I don't have anybody who needs you in our church. <laughs> but in God's kindness, we have so many stable families mm-hmm. that needs don't generally even arise to the level of our church needing to get involved mm. because per Paul's advice right. to Timothy, he says, hey, don't, di- don't distribute church benevolence funds until you've talked to the family first mm. because families care for families. Right. And so it's like you think about uh, you can start a parachurch organization to take care of orphans and widows who happen to fall outside of the community of faith and make that a uh, uh, missions outreach. And that'd be a fine, good, right thing right. to do if the Lord so leads. But what, what if you could make it so that those problems weren't perpetuating themselves? Right. Like what if you could build such strong family units that saw God's design and lived out God's design that your parachurch organization was unnecessary? And that's what the call home, mm-hmm. when taken seriously, would do, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's far more potent in a generation right. than the parachurch organization ever will. Yeah. Especially because, and this will sound jaded, but I think it's a reality, especially when we see that institutions like that have a tendency to grow, and then they actually need the problem to continue, otherwise their organization can no longer exist. <laughs> they become irrelevant. Correct. Let's make them irrelevant. Yeah. Let's do like, that. <laughs> You may say something on your tagline about working yourself out of the job. I just haven't seen one of those organizations do it yet. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that that underscores it as well. Just even as we look at some of these societal things that we've put our finger on, all of that traces back to if you actually want to ameliorate that problem or see the cessation of it, you're not going to find an answer to most of our social ills that don't come back to the Mm. and doing it God's mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's so down. growing your family, you are doing, you are doing your, your duty yep. as a citizen in your society, in your community, yep. in your state. I love that. Yep. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's attached to everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. It really does. And the trajectory of families is the trajectory of nation. Mm-hmm. And this will be unpopular, but I'm half black so I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> But the black community presently is, I think, the best illustration of this. Mm-hmm. And this could get your podcast censored, mm-hmm. so I apologize okay. if it does. Yeah. But um, the black community really is uh, a perfect illustration of this. As the father goes, so the family goes. Mm-hmm. As the family goes, so the culture in that community goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why is it that roughly 13% of the population makes up over 80% of the crime? Mm. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. Well, look at what happened with black fathers mm-hmm. and their absence. Mm-hmm. Look at what that did to families. And now look at the state of black culture. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just axiomatic. It's just true. Right. And so that's just, a, again, to underscore right. the point. Well, here's another interesting t- statistic on the positive side is that it's black families. That group is growing the most when it comes to homeschooling. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. Very so cool. there we go. Good so maybe us. they've identified, <laughs> identified the problem and said, we're changing this. And yeah. so there's a, good, there's a good thing happening there, which yeah. is very, very cool. Yeah. No, that so, is awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to know that. Yeah. I, I didn't realize yeah. that. 
Um, some other stuff that, that came to mind just in, in thinking about and preparing for today um, is uh, just thinking about now that we've underscored some of the importance, um, what, should, what should a Christian family produce? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a few texts that, that I'll throw out. Uh, Micah 2.15, God speaking. Um, Did I not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? The answer, godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. Um, And so one of the things that God says is the purpose for which I created marriage was the production of godly offspring. Um, And so, again, like the importance of this to God is really clear. Mm -hmm. Like your marriage is not just about your emotional fulfillment, right. you know, and this plays to your <laughs> he intro. He completes me. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, and the thing I love about that is it means that you can win even when emotionally you don't feel like you're winning. Yeah. Right? That's right. I can be fulfilling the purpose of God for this union mm-hmm. even when I don't get a whole lot out of it myself in terms of personal fulfillment. Right. And those days will be plenteous. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. it stabilizes the whole right, thing right. because there's something that transcends your feelings. You right. Know? Um, and God is so good about meeting you in those places yep. where, you know, when the, the spouse is just not stepping up to the plate or whatever, sure. you know, we have God, you know, yep. he's there and he's, we can call out to him and he is our, he is ultimately our provider for yep. everything emotionally everything. He uses our spouse to, to bring a lot of that, to help with a lot of that, but it's, it's, it it can be a blessing to learn to depend on him in some of those areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another text that came to mind, uh, Psalm 127, three through five, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at, uh, in the gate. Um, and that's one of those texts where it's like, okay, so God's battle strategy is families. Mm-hmm. Like God's grand plan for taking over the world, as it were, is Christian families who are shooting arrows mm-hmm. out of their households, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so again, just ground so much like this is, this is what you're meant to do. Right. So the call homeward is nothing other than a, a biblical call right. to have your family produce exactly what God says your family is intended to right. produce. It's alignment mm-hmm. with God's word, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it's nothing, nothing short of that. Um, same, same Psalm, but the two verses above it, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go to late and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. Uh, and the reason that that I thought of that text as well, even though it roll like it rolls right into family. So he says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. And then he goes into building families. Mm. Uh, the point, I believe, being right. this is the thing that the Lord told you to build. Right. That's the thing that he actually wants to empower. Mm-hmm. But we've spent so much time trying to build other stuff and trying to get the Lord to bless it mm-hmm. that 
we didn't spend our time elevating the thing that he told us to elevate that would have come with waves of blessing. Right. Right. Um, and so we're trying to build our castles of convenience and then are like, why isn't God blessing this? <laughs> when he told us to build a fortress that sends out warriors for the kingdom mm. and he wants to help us do that. Right. Which also means that even in our personal relationship with the Lord, we're missing out on a lot of intimate moments with him. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have an intimate relationship with God while you're, while you're not in the center of his will. Right. You may, but there'll be intimate moments where he's spanking you. Right. Proverbially, you know, <laughs> which is its own kind of intimacy. Right. But if you... <laughs> Not the kind we like. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, again, like that call home is you answering the call to build what God told you to build. Right. And so even to think about what that, like the shot in the arm that that is for your personal relationship with the Lord, even devotionally, mm-hmm. that again, in those moments, in the trenches, when it feels difficult, when you're questioning your decision to have brought your kids home, it's like, wait, 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 I'm building. Building's hard. You encounter problems. Sometimes you set something wrong or it wasn't level or plumb, so you had right. to start over and you've right. got all these challenges. Yeah. But this is what he told me to build. Right. And he told me that if I'm building what he told me to build, then it's never in vain. Right. And right? that's the principle. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yep. And that's the thing. That's the thing that that's, carries That's you what gets us through. Exactly. The hard days and the... Yeah. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I can, I, can, I can attest to that because, you know, after... I don't know how many years, how many, how many years have I been a parent? I don't even know. Almost as long as you've been alive. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, and that's, that's what I would always go back to. Like, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, I know, I mean, not just me saying I'm supposed to be doing it. God, I know that you have called me to this. And that makes all the difference in the world. Just like someone out on the mission field, as hard as it gets, they know that God has called them to it. They're going to stay the course. Yep. And and have the perseverance, um, and and it's the same thing, you know. This is our mission field. Yep. Home is our mission field. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Excellent. There is one more thing. Great. That came to our mind. Okay. And uh, it's a. I'm going to call it a warning. It could be heard as a downer. So you okay. may want to say something really positive after. Okay, I'll be okay. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought maybe we'd look briefly at the other side of the coin. Okay. Like what's at stake if you mm. don't embrace this call important. homeward? I think that's important. Uh, we've touched on it a little bit in that I think that we're eating the fruit mm-hmm. of, of yeah. you know, roughly a generation who right. didn't place this on right. the top shelf. And that's what I think every time I see some crazy story where someone did or said the stupidest thing that I, I just didn't think it could get any worse. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. And I've actually pointed this out to, to our kids, um, especially certain stories. And like, you can see here what's happening, right? You can see this is like a fruit of families not being a priority, yep. you know, just yep. anyway. Absolutely. So yes, Absolutely. go ahead. So we've hit some of that, but I want to ground some of it in scripture um, just so that again, you can kind of see what's at stake if I have a family but I, in fact, don't embrace this call homeward. Mm-hmm. What are the potential outcomes there right. if I kind of do this halfway right. or don't align myself fully with God's design? Um, so Proverbs twenty two fifteen, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Proverbs seventeen twenty one, He who sires a fool gets himself sorrow, 
and the father of a fool has no joy. Mm. Proverbs 17, 25, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod of reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And so that is to say, uh, children are a blessing, but not automatically. Right. 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 There's work, there's time, there's investment. And if that work, time, and investment is not what the Lord has said it should be, then it may very well be that the thing that was given to you, supposed to be a blessing, ends up being the very thing that shames, dishonors, right. and becomes the bane of your existence in all mm-hmm. sorts of ways that we mm-hmm. could tease out if we had the time. Right. Um, and so there, there's, a lot, there's a lot at stake. Right. So, I, I think that, that contrast was good, though. We did mostly the positive, the good, and then a little bit of the other, because you do need to see the contrast. It's very, very important because we can, I'm sure that even as you're describing that and reading those verses, I mean, there's certain people come to mind that I have known over the years and just, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, they've got their, the problems with the kids and it is, it is, it is heartbreaking. There are some that have those stories that have just been heartbreaking and that's not, I don't, I don't believe that's God's will for believing families. And, and that's why we're having this conversation today yep. is that um, we want you moms, and I'm hoping dads are going to listen in too. So moms, maybe we're, you know, we're at the end of this episode, but you might want to re-listen with your spouse, grab a cup of coffee, make it a little date because um, it's so important that you're on the same page. Because um, I know that there are times I've listened to great messages or, you know, whatever, and my husband hasn't, and he's trying to figure out what just happened because I changed something and, and I didn't really explain what, sure. what's going on or, or I'm upset with him for something because he doesn't have the same framework to work from because yep. he didn't listen to the same message. And so um, it's really good to, to dial them in on that because we're in this together. And a lot of times as moms, we do find those, we end up with those resources that I think can be valuable to our husbands because they're not usually the type to go out and search them out. Like they're trying to just make a living yep. and put food on the table. And yep. so we can be a, a good uh, help me in that way. And so, yeah, make it a date and talk about it and, um, you, know, you know, have That's the good. discussion. And I think that'd be great. So I would love for you to close in a word of prayer. Thank yeah, you again absolutely. for being here with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Yeah, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for your word, for not leaving us aimless, uh, for not leaving us just to figure all this stuff out on, on our own uh, once it all crashed and burned and mm-hmm. hindsight can be 2020, but instead you've given us revelation. And so it's my prayer uh, that we take the revelation that you've given us from your word about the primacy of the family, the blessing uh, that can be worked into not only the walls of our own houses, but even into our local communities and abroad. Uh, when we take seriously your commands for the family, uh, embrace this call homeward. Um, God, would you give us a vision for that? Would you excite us about that? Uh, and for the moms who are in the trenches in those hard days, um, that they'd be able to say, you know what, um, everything, everything that I could do that's meaningful would be hard. Uh, and there's nothing more meaningful than, than this. Uh, so this is the kind of hard that I'm going to give myself. Uh, and so would you equip us with that long view that we talked about earlier, that we may pick the fruit of faithfulness. Uh, and ultimately, this isn't going to be our discipline or willpower. Uh, this is grace that you pour into 
the lives of your people by your spirit. We ask that you would give us that in abundant supply. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.